You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, for what will be your Tuesday episode of Locked On Browns. Remember, daily, five days a week. Any and all new listeners, and thank you for being here. I appreciate it. I'm going to sit down today uh, with Corey Kinnon, at Real Corey Kinnon, on the Twitter machine. Um, Corey's a younger guy, and as you guys know, he's been on before. Just I appreciate the work. I appreciate the effort. And certainly growing, uh, you know, his name and his work here within the Browns community. We're going to get to all of this here with Corey and some good news coming out of the bye uh, for the Browns today as far as practice, which we'll get to. But today's episode is brought to you by Pepsi. This football season will be different and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch the season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It is made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. Like I said, Corey Kinnon in today and you can read all of his work. And apparently he wiped his bio, which made my job a little bit more difficult. Thanks for that, Corey. I do appreciate it, buddy. Um, But the good news coming today out of Brown's practice, Nick Chubb, Wyatt Teller. Austin Hooper, uh, Jacob Phillips. Um, we're still going to wait to hear. And, you know, on Baker Mayfield, hopefully the earliest will be Wednesday when he can be off the uh, COVID-19 list and hopefully available for action this Sunday against the Houston Texans. But, Corey, um, and we've talked about this, you know, when everybody wanted to complain about injuries, and, look, there's teams that have been devastated, crushed, and these dudes ain't coming back. The Browns, it wasn't really so much a question other than Grant Delpit and obviously now Odell Beckham Jr., but starting to get healthy at the right time. And not to mention these guys physically coming back who've missed time, the nagging injuries for players such as Miles Garrett, other members of the defensive line, the offensive line, everybody, Jack Conklin, J.C. Treader, uh, a little bit banged up in the role, their own right. Um, yes, the loss against Las Vegas is not what anybody wanted, but this team now looking at a really good position with a possible stretch here of some winnable games and the Browns right now kind of in that, you know, obviously within the fight for a wild card spot, a chance here to maybe hopefully, you know, get a better clinch on this with some winnable games with the boys are back in town, so to speak. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, I, what they, they need to win. If they lose to Houston, it's going to go south real fast, uh, which I, I think Houston's kind of a trap game to be honest. Um, but if they, they lose to Houston off of the abysmal performance against the Raiders, then uh, I, there's going to be – I mean, the media is already out um, and about, uh, but it's going to get even worse. But I think, again, having Nick Chubb back – I mean, Kareem Hunt, we all know he's good, but I think there's a few cutback lanes that could have been had uh, that weren't had with, with Chubb out. Um, so I think that will be big. Um, Teller playing the best football of his, of his career, getting that back too. Um, I, I think Jacob Phillips might be – the one I'm most excited about just watching the the dudes who were playing at the second level last week. Um, but you're right about healing up at the right time, got the bye week. Um, still got Houston this week. You still got both New York teams. You got Jacksonville. Um, so you're right. There are a lot of winnable games left on the schedule. Um, I mean, that that's four games that we just mentioned right there. I think the Eagles are still to go to. So um, playoffs still really within the site. 
Uh, you just hope that, that the Raiders game doesn't come back at the end when, when those two teams are more than likely going to be battling it out for, the, for that last wild card spot. Well, I mean, in the good news where you can write the ship this week, um, you know, I don't think anybody's ready to think that Las Vegas is going to sweep the season series with the Kansas City Chiefs. So they have the Chiefs this week, you know, Browns, with which appears to be a winnable you know, game against the Texans, or it should be. Um, hell, there was a defensive tackle from Jacksonville yesterday who had four pressures. Um, and I actually had to, you know, dig deep to actually try to remind myself who the hell the guy was. Um, so when you change that name to maybe what could be Sheldon Richardson, uh, possibly a healthy Larry Ogunjobi, um, we'll see. We'll see. Um, you know, obviously, um, concern right now here, uh, you know, Corey, look, I mean, it, you know, with Baker, obviously everything we're hearing is good and is positive, but look, and with this situation as, you know, and this is different, you know, in, in years past where, you know, so-and-so has got a stomach bug, so-and-so has got a flu, you keep him out of the building so he doesn't take down the whole team. Um, but there's no doubt about it based on the last seven quarters of what we've seen Baker Mayfield in this post Odell Beckham Jr. version of the 2020 Cleveland Browns. Um, look, you need six. And, and it's not just that, you know, he's the dude. Um, there's a front office that's evaluating what their long-term relationship with Baker Mayfield is going to be. And, you know, for the last, none of us want to get into this again. None of us want to get into, you know, who could possibly be the next quarterback, you know, for the Cleveland Browns. Let's get on the field. Let's see the product. Um, and for what we've seen thus far, it seems Baker without Odell is a lot more like 2018, which is the guy we all kind of fell in love with where it didn't matter who you are and there was never this um, monkey on the back, so to speak, that you have this incredible, incredible playmaker that you're trying to get involved. And maybe sometimes you're trying too hard to get involved for what he's done in the seven quarters since it's just been, Oh, Hey, look, there's one of my guys, regardless of the name, regardless of the number he's open. I'm throwing it to him. Yeah, it really has been quite a different seven quarters or so. Um, I I try my best to figure out what's going on, uh, and there's really no explanation. Obviously, they're not a better team without Odell Beckham Jr., um, but I, I think it has something to do with Baker's ability to control a huddle when Odell Beckham Jr. is in the huddle versus his ability to control a huddle when Odell Beckham Jr. is really not in a huddle. Um, so I, oh, man. So I think, I mean, I go back to the, against the Bengals. There's that back shoulder throw to, to Richard Higgins um, where, where they just knew it was coming. So B- Baker knew that Higgins was going to break that back shoulder. Uh, Higgins knew the ball was going to be there. And I just think if, if that route and that ball was to Odell Beckham Jr., that, that OBJ might have wanted that ball in a different place. And so I think there's little things like that to where, to where Baker has control of the huddle again and there's no, no other ego to, to combat that maybe um, with two dudes who both have, I would say, pretty big egos. Yeah, and that's actually one of the things we've gotten to with, you know, um, with other folks, whether it was Mark Sessler whether it was John Costco and of course, you know, with Pete, where we talked about this and it's, and, and it's not like it, it seems like there's any issue between the two of them. Um, they're extremely tight Odell and Baker. Um, but you know, your quarterback's gotta be your alpha male. And, you know, you've seen it with all the times and even look, you know, Tom Brady was able to do this with the Randy Mosses of the world. 
Um, you know, and you, you see whatever's going on with the Antonio Brown situation, which was great because, you know, you have two fantastic young receivers and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, but yet you're trying to feature a guy who's 34 years old and been out of the NFL for eight weeks. But, you know, whatever, Tampa, do your thing. Um, and now we go to, you know, obviously with Nick returning and Wyatt Teller returning. Um, it's, it's, it's simple to say, and look, I mean, you know, some of this is with the loss of Nick Chubb. Obviously, some of it is with the loss of Wyatt Teller for the time that you had. But I, I think the Browns, they kind of lost their bread and butter. Um, and, and it's not any disrespect to Kareem Hunt because I think the that value of Kareem Hunt with Nick Chubb is just incredible what these two can do together where they are diverse, but you can still kind of run some of the same scheme. Um, but at the end of the day, you just have a stronger, faster guy in Nick Chubb and you know, whereas Kareem Hunt's trying to, you know, avoid tackles, you know, or break them. Nick Chubb is just running through them. And Wyatt Teller, I mean, Wyatt Teller, I mean, at this point, he's just a bouncer. He's taking your ass up and out of the club. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you you nailed it right on the head. I, I think it's so hard to say because, again, Kareem Hunt is a good running back, and there's the argument that, that as long as the offensive system is there, that the running back you plug in doesn't make that big of a difference. But uh, And I tend to be a proponent of that. But, I mean, I, I mentioned it earlier, earlier but uh, I, there are some cutback lanes that Nick Chubb is able to hit that Kareem Hunt doesn't see or isn't willing to, to kind of change directions and head towards. Um, Chris Hubbard did a valiant effort uh, filling in for – filling in for Wyatt Teller. He deserves a ton of credit. Um, but, I mean, you're right, getting back to the bread and butter, getting back to Wyatt Teller, moving bodies, getting back to Nick Chubb, being able to see those, those little small creases that, you know, are, you know, potentially turn an 8- to 10-yard gain into a 25- to 30-yard gain or um, a breakaway down the sideline. Um, I think both of those guys coming back takes pressure off of Baker. Um, again, not that Kareem Hunt put any pressure on Baker, but I think pressure's off Kareem Hunt now where he can, he can kind of go back into the role where, you know, he's kind of the finisher. He, he has more versatility than Nick Chubb as a receiver. He can flex out again. Um, the Browns aren't really pigeonholed anymore, if that makes sense. Uh, so getting those dudes back, it, it, it is big. Um, and so I'm looking forward to Houston's defensive line. Houston's second level, I mean, their second level, they got Zach Cunningham and um, Bernardrick McKinney, but their secondary outside of Justin Reed is bad. Um, Bradley Roby has had flashes, but outside of those two dudes, I mean, there, there's holes to be exploited on, on the Houston defense. And so now that they're back to full strength, you get Hooper, you get Teller, you get Chubb. Uh, I mean, I'm hoping to see another 30 point outing. I don't think that's completely out of reach. Um, and it would be a really nice way to bounce back from whatever that was against the Raiders. Um, and mother nature, if you could cooperate, that would be fantastic. We're going to get to more here with Corey. We're going to talk a little bit about, <clears throat> obviously, uh, the defensive side of the ball here. Um, and one thing I do want to get into, and we'll cover this probably in the third segment, is is you know this is yet another measuring stick for a first-time head coach with Coach Stefanski um, as far as, you know, what do you do? How did you handle the bye? And, of course, everything this year different. Uh, they only got in one practice uh, last week. Um, and then, of course, now you're dealing with, you know, Baker not joining the team uh, for the beginning of practice this week. All stuff we're going to get to as we continue to roll on through on your Tuesday edition of Locked on Browns. Again, this football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. Look, bars, tailgates, it's just not possible this year. Um, but 
look, we still get football. We still get to watch. So for that, everybody be thankful. And, hey, maybe it's try, time to try something different um, as far as your routine for Sunday game day. You guys know me. I'm here on the couch um, usually tweeting away either, you know, heartache or excitement, actually, this far for a 5-3 and three season. Pepsi is a refreshment. You need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. Again, these passionate fans are the new, the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It is made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. Protecting my family is my number one priority, but I want to do it safely. The people... I'm sorry, at Taser, believe the safer self-defense is the better self-defense. Taser's line of non-lethal self-protection devices are small and lightweight enough to carry with you in your car or your glove compartment or purse, yet the powerful enough to incapacitate an attacker. Guns carry unnecessary risks for you and those around you, and even pepper spray can hurt you as much as an attacker, and it's often ineffective. Taser products are safer and easier to use. They use an electric, an electrical charge to immobilize attackers for up to 30 seconds, allowing you the opportunity to escape and send emergency dispatch to your GPS location. Taser devices come loaded with features like laser-assisted targeting and emergency discharge, which will send response teams to your GPS location. More than 237 lives have been saved with the Taser network of devices, apps, and personnel. Alternate law enforcement, and now you can own a Taser, the number one choice of law enforcement agencies. Protect yourself and your family with Taser's line of self-defense products. Taser is available without a permit in most of the United States. Uh, most of the United States get the Taser Pulse Plus or Taser Strike Light at taser.com with the promo code NFL. Save 15% now at taser.com, promo code NFL, spelled T-A-S-E-R.com. Again, the promo code NFL. Restrictions apply. See site for details. New, obviously, sponsor here. Um. Uh, things are obviously different here. Um, and if you need some assistance, go ahead and check that out. Corey, the defensive side of the ball. Um, Miles Garrett, obviously, the bye, the bye week could not have come at a better time. We mentioned other players at the defensive line. Um, and some things we had talked about. Um, you know, we've seen, you know, some players step up a little bit here on this defense. Ronnie Harrison won. Um, I, I wouldn't say Malcolm Smith has stepped up. I think Malcolm Smith is the best of a weak group at the linebacker position. Um, Terrence Mitchell, I think, has done a nice job as a number two cornerback. Kevin Johnson rotating in. I think they need to get the safety room figured out between the structure of whether it's Sheldrick Redwine playing a little more, maybe start splitting reps between Sendejo and Carl Joseph. I understand maybe you want a little bit more veteran presence out there. Neither one of these guys are giving you a ton right now. Um, but there's got to be some sort of tweaking here. And maybe with Jacob Phillips, this can happen. I mean, a linebacker duo of Jacob Phillips and Malcolm Smith in nickel situations, and which could possibly leave you with uh, a Ronnie Harrison, maybe Sheldrick Redwine, Kevin Johnson, Denzel Ward, uh, 
Terrence Mitchell, something's got to be done in whatever's going to be, you know, that back seven. Um, but look, it's it's been eight games, and now you've had a bye week. Um, we're not using excuses anymore of, you know, Grant Delbert being injured enough with that. He, you know, he, he never took a live rep that mattered anyway. Um, enough with, you know, no OTAs, enough with a shortened uh, summer camp, enough with no preseason. This defense, Corey, needs to get better. There's no way around it. Yeah. Uh, I just, I don't know where to start either because there's <laughs> maybe three dudes that you can count on week in and week out right now. Three out of 11 dudes on the defensive side of the ball in Harrison, in Ward, and in Garrett. Uh, outside of that, I mean, 65 might have had the worst game of his career, and he, he had a, a pretty bad year last year. But, man, Ogunjobi might have might have put together the worst game of his career last week against the Raiders. Uh, you mentioned he might not be fully healthy. I don't know. Uh, there's a reason Andrew Billings is brought in here, and, and it's kind of a bummer that, you know, he's not on the field this year because uh, I think, you know, that would have helped out a little bit. Um, it'll be interesting to see how – how Joe Woods handles that defensive tackle rotation, because really you're, you're only getting juice out of um, Sheldon Richardson right now up front. So I don't know if they try to give Jordan Elliott some more looks, um, maybe get Vincent Taylor some more looks. We'll see there. But um, I think we've seen flashes out of, out of Jacob Phillips. Uh, and so if I have to choose Jacob Phillips or uh, the, the mystery of Jacob Phillips, because you don't really know exactly hundred percent what he brings on a consistent basis, or if I've joined kind of, or the gun, I'll take the gun. <laughs> right. Right. Or, or do I choose the, what we already know we have in the guys in like Mac Wilson, Sione Takitaki. I'm going to take the mystery. I'm going to take, I'm going to take the mystery uh, at this point because 51 and 44 are just absolutely out of position. Um, I mean, Mac Wilson looks completely lost in coverage. Um, always a step behind if he's matched up on a tight end or something like that. Um, so I'm going to take what I can what I can get a risk, see if the risk reward is there with Phillips. Uh, he has been pretty consistent in his run fits. He has been consistently filling appropriately. Um, so we know that. Um, but again, we have maybe two healthy games out of him so far. Um, yep. So I mean, you got to you got to rely on on Ward. You got to rely on Carrot. You got to rely on Harrison. Um, but the safety rotation, I, I don't know what to do with. Uh, because you're right. You're not getting anything out of Joseph. You're getting a little bit more out of Sandejo on a week-to-week basis, but, I mean, he's still blowing at least one big coverage a game, so that's, that's not great. Um, so maybe it is more red wine. Um, Mitchell, you can, you can count on. Uh, even if you can't count on Mitchell and Johnson, what else do you have? So those are what you got. Um, but really for me, when I think about the defense and I think about the Raiders game, uh, it's, it's that front seven more than the back seven for me. Um, I mean, they got no push, absolutely no push. So we'll see what happens with, with 65, how they handle him and Elliot. Um, but I, I think that's where my attention is going to turn on Sunday. Yeah. And look, and when you brought up Taylor's name, that may be a name to use. Cause look, I mean, he's the only thing and look, I'm not comparing him to Andrew Billings. Um, but you have, more athletic defensive tackles. Um, but when you're going to play a team like the Raiders, and there's going to be other teams that are going to come down the block where they have just a bunch of big old goons on the offensive line and can just lean on you. And when you're going to get in these games in December where you know weather can be an issue, you're going to have the Ravens come around again. Keep in mind, it's not going to be Ronnie Stanley, obviously. Um, but you can't, you can't have teams just say, 
well, we're going to sh- we're going to shove the ball down their throats and, and show that they can stop us. You're going to have to do this, and you don't want this to fall apart because of that. And look, it's great that you know you, you want to play you know more defensive backs, you want to play three safeties, um, but you just might not be in that position right now. You don't have these guys. Three, three serviceable. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> You've got Carl Joseph and Sheldrick Redwine, who, and you know, it's very similar to Sioni Taki Taki. These guys, and look, the efforts there—they're running 100 million miles an hour. Um, but you know, maybe if they ran at about 90 miles an hour, um, they'd be able to break down and not end up, you know, basically hugging a bag, you know, hugging a, you know, a bunch of grass. Um, you, you, you've got to alter, and you know, I, 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 Joe Woods's vision is there. It's truly there, and if. You kind of want to see it. Did you watch the Saints last night where it's like, holy crap, how many decent safety or slot players do they have? And they got a hundred of them. You see his vision. But sometimes, it, you know, look, your vision is fantastic, Corey. But, you know, you know, I can't drunk. I can't get drunk if I don't have any booze in the house. Right, right. And so... I mean, the hard part for Joe Woods, though, like, obviously, I don't think he's calling great game plans. That's, that's one thing. But I also under, I sympathize for him because, for one, you don't have three serv- serviceable safeties to, to, to do what your vision is, but you also don't have three serviceable linebackers to just go back to base and try to run that and see what you can do with that. And so it's like he, he's doing his yeah. best to try to maximize what personnel he has. But what personnel he has just isn't very good right now. Um, and so it'll be interesting. You get Billings back next year, but it will be interesting to see. I mean, you got a, another half of the season this year too. You got to worry about, but this this off season, how they attack the draft, how they attack free agency. Um, but as far as the rest of the season, my goodness, the Browns are just going to have to to take their lumps defensively. It looks like unless one of these young linebackers or one of the the young safeties pops out of nowhere and develops overnight, like they had drank Michael's secret stuff on their bye week, but. It just kind of seems like we've seen it for for eight games now. It just kind of seems like the Browns' defense is going to take their lumps. Yeah, and it's and it's tough because um, you know I, I think they're trending in the right direction. Um, and look, in, we spent so much time talking about this, and we understood. Look, not that any of us agreed with it. You know, I talked about Joe Schobert. We talked about a million linebackers that were available that, you know, the Browns maybe should have had some interest in. Um, I understand their approach and, you know, what they tried to do. And, you know, you respect that. And look, and the other thing is, is you cannot get everything done in one offseason. But here they are and they're in a position and now you're bringing in a player like Elijah Lee. Who knows how big his role will be? And the question would be is, you know, Joe Woods knows him and has spent time with him. So I'm not necessarily sure that this is just going to be a free agent acquisition. I mean, I'm sorry, special teams, you know, acquisition. We'll see how that plays out. But somebody, um, and I totally agree with you, Miles and and maybe even Olivier Vernon. And but the key is obviously always health, and everybody always wants the production as opposed to maybe just being a a sound player, a role player. Um, but you're gonna you need something. Either somebody else has got to step on the defensive line, somebody's got to finally step up at the linebacker position. Or you need another safety, not named Ronnie Harrison, who was late to the party getting here, late to getting acclimated to the playbook before he got playing time, finally got playing time, showed some really, really good things, then missed some time. Then when he came back, he's looked good. 
you, you need at least somebody's got to step up at the safety position. One of these guys has got to do something at the linebacker position, not named Malcolm Smith. And somebody at this defensive line has to be a more consistent performer week in, week out, other than Miles Garrett. Meanwhile, Emmanuel Ogba has a career-high seven sacks in eight games right now, or nine games for the Dolphins. So, uh, Hey, but Chad Thomas could spin the hits there, Corey. Come on, man. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Which is funny because yeah, John it. Dorsey, football guy John Dorsey, oh, God, had a love affair with Chad Thomas, who obviously is not a football guy. Forget it, but Couldn't play a football player. Could flip off as many fans as he wanted to, though. But uh, the thing is, I liked Eric Murray. I wish they would have re-signed <laughs> Eric Murray. Eric Murray would have been a great piece to keep around this year. I think he's playing pretty well for the, for the Texans this year, if I'm not, sure. not mistaken. Uh, but – Yep. Yeah, uh, I mean, Justin Burris was another one. These guys, yeah. these guys would have been integral pieces if they had been kept around. Right. It's just it's it's hard to see because Andrew Barry right now is is picking up the pieces as much as John Dorsey has his fans who you know he got real football players. What he really did is just burn to ashes any amount of depth and a ton of draft capital that was kind of stacked up. And now the Browns don't maybe have as many trade pieces as they thought they might at this point in in whatever plan Sashi had when he first started. And they don't have as many depth pieces that they can move around and, and trade for depth at other positions because really the, the bottom of the, the roster, it, it's better than it was last year, but but it's it's definitely not 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 as, as the depth that that an NFL roster should have, if that makes sense. Again, you have guys that opt out. Like I get that. Um, but when you see guys like Emmanuel Ogba, uh, and some of the other depth pieces that were that were kind of just cast off, um, that's kind of hard to see. Oh, it's it's definitely difficult to see, and because um, what it was in, in that short period of time where he changed general general manager so quickly, and you know, look, I understand how front offices work, and you know, trying to put your blueprint on it, but you know, sometimes you know somebody you know may have even greater value to you. Uh, than they did the previous uh, regime. And it's just a shame when it just doesn't get recognized. And it eventually, you know, ends up, whereas, you know, uh, you, when you're filling out your roster, you're trying, you know, you're like a dog trying to chase your tail, where you're basically trying to find something that, you know, essentially maybe the guy before you threw out the door and now the bridge is burned. And obviously you cannot go bring back said type of talent. We're going to get to, um, Another stepping stone here for Coach Stefanski as you start the evaluation process uh, of him and where he is as a head coach. You got some winnable games coming up, and we're coming out of the bye. We'll get to all that in a minute. Again, your Tuesday Locked On Browns. Corey Kennedy joining your host, Jeff Lloyd, here on Locked On Browns. BuiltGo makes you the best at whatever you do. Break through your wall. Whether it's a mental or physical wall, break through it with Go every day. Easy to take in one-and-a-half-ounce packages. Put it in your briefcase for the most focused presentation ever, or put it in your pocket to get through your day. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. It's like five-hour energy without the same crash feeling. Plus, it's natural, so it's better for you and your body. Three delicious flavors. Peanut butter honey, chocolate coconut, chocolate mint. How does Built Go work so well? Built Go combines energy gel with collagen protein. Collagen protein is a fa- is fast absorbing, so it gets into my system and into my body rather quickly. Bilco is loaded with good stuff to ignite my work. Beta alanine, B3, honey, and a kick of caffeine. 
Biltko then kicks to keep me going strong. B6, B12, 10,000% of your daily percentage. Collagen protein promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. This stuff literally makes you look better. Visit Bilco.com. Use the promo code LOCKED, all caps, L-O-C-K-E-D, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKED for 20% off at Bilco.com. Let's go. Corey, like I was saying, you know, look, you you know, with all the evaluation that's going on here, whether it's Baker Mayfield, what pieces are going to be needed on this defense, you know, what you're going to have to do, whatever finalization you think you're going to need for the offense going forward in the future. Uh, Coach Stefanski here, though, look, you're coming off a of bye week. Um, your team is five and three. Um, and it's great to be in the position you are as a first time head coach, uh, as to, you know, a rookie head coach here for your Cleveland Browns. Um, but. It's not time to basically take your foot off the accelerator. You are getting, not only are you getting pieces back, you are getting important pieces back. Um, you, this is just another evaluation tool, uh, you know, of your head coach. You know, how does he get his team back off the bye, especially when they came off a flat game, kind of looked like the bye week was more week eight than it was essentially week nine. But now, you know, you've had some time to sit back and, you know, you can chop through eight games of tape. And this is where I loved, you know, Coach Stefanski, where when he was speaking last week, you know, he felt he was kind of, you know, in, a sense, in essence, the point guard, where he's trying to put everybody in the best position. Um, he talks about, you know, there were times where he wanted to basically kick himself in the can over some calls he made. He spoke heavily on, you know, the ability of some of the assistant coaches to put in their influence and say, you know, you went with this. Maybe if it was me, I kind of would have gone with that. Um, and you can get that with a Bill Callahan in the room, obviously, who has some head coaching experience within the NFL. Um, but all of this together, you know, everything added back. There is zero excuses for a flat performance Sunday. Um, look, I mean, you lose 51 to 49. Um, maybe we'll understand because this is where this defense is at. But this offense, uh, and I believe all of us uh, are expecting this, you know, essentially to come out humming on Sunday. Right. So, yeah, absolutely zero, zero excuse to come out flat. Uh, I can understand if Nick Chubb's a little rusty. I could understand if Wyatt Teller's a little rusty. Um, but as a whole, uh, the Browns really got to come out. And, I mean, you're, you're playing a team that's, that's a bottom-of-the-barrel team right now in the Houston Texans. Obviously, they have Deshaun, Jackson, or Deshaun Watson. Um, fired their head coach this is absolutely a winnable game uh their offensive line their defensive line both aren't aren't uh top of the league by any by any stretch of the the word so uh i think you've got to come out and you've got to stick your game plan um i would like to see stefanski there, there's a few times when i just think he runs the ball too much on second and long and i would like to see that change a little bit um but for the most part i think offensively he's calling great games. Uh, last Sunday against the Raiders probably didn't look like it because everything was so fragmented because of drops. And, um, but I thought they were moving the ball really well and then just would come up with crucial, crushing, drive-killing drops or penalties. Uh, I think Jedrick Wills had probably one of the worst games of his career penalty-wise. Um, so I think Stefanski is doing a great job. Um, but you're right. He had a chance to look in the mirror on the bye. So, um, I mean, not only does he have the, the – the chance to, to have a two weeks to game plan for the Texans, but he's got 
an extra week to, to look back at his team as well and kind of see where to fine tune things, especially defensively. Um, I'm, I'm really hoping Joe Woods took to that and, uh, man, did, does what he can with this defense. Yeah. And look, I mean, it's, it's, it's not the best thing in the world to go into a, you know, basically a brawl, um, uh, you know, on, you know, and then you think about you, you're walking into it where three players you have confidence in on the defensive side of the ball, but look, I mean, no excuses. Um, you know, whether it's injuries, whether it's, you know, rosters just not being where you wanted to be yet. Look, I mean, you're in a position here. Uh, you have the opportunity here. Um, the schedule broke right for it for a roster that is not 100% complete yet. You know, nobody's, you know, nobody's giving you any favors here. Um, couple things before we go. Corey, I uh, hate to do this to you. Five and three, eight to go. The Browns record finishes at what? And do the Cleveland Browns play a playoff game? I think the Browns finished 10 and six. So again, you've got, you've got the Jaguars, you've got the Texans, you've got both the Jets and the Giants, and you've got the Eagles. Uh, I do think that the Eagles and the Texans are fairly trappish games. Um, I don't think the New York teams and I don't think the Jaguars, I think they're actively trying to lose. Maybe the Giants, not so much as the Jets and the Jaguars. Um, I find it, I find a difficult path to beating either the Steelers or the Ravens. I think they're probably going to get swept there. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and say, I think 10 and six. Oh man. So I think they get a playoff spot. So if, if you look at the, the three teams that are I'd be stunned uh, if ten and six doesn't get you a playoff slot. Right. And when you think you have the head to head against the Colts, the Raiders have the head to head against you. Uh and, and those are probably the three teams that are going to be fighting for those two spots. And so I think I think if those are the three teams, the Raiders, the Browns, and the Colts, then I think the Browns are going to find a way to get one of those the, one of those two spots. Um so I think ten and six and a wild card. Yeah. Um, I don't think you're going to beat the Titans. I don't think you're going to beat the, the, nice. the Steelers, and I don't think you're going to beat the Ravens. Um, yeah. So we're going to go ten and six. No, hey, hey, look. I mean, look. Look, something can happen, and maybe you steal one of those. And you know, but the thing is, is you cannot, you know, basically spit a bit against some of these winnable uh, these winnable games that are here on the schedule. Corey, obviously, I know you do a ton of draft work. Um, I, you know, it's early, obviously. Have has Corey Kinnon landed yet on maybe a dream number one draft pick for this Cleveland Browns team? I was oh gonna man, say defense, which I probably all right. Cleveland Browns team on defense. Team <laughs> defense. Okay, on defense. Okay, so there's a couple guys. So it, it kind of depends what direction they're going to go. Looking at the past drafts of a Sashi-led front office, it doesn't seem like defensive tackle is going to be a first round priority but rather like a second, third round kind of depth area. So I don't think they're going to go there. So there is a guy, he's classified as a linebacker. So that makes me a little iffy that, you know, linebacker, the running back, the defense, analytics don't view that well. But he's more of a rover. He's more of an overhang, uh, kind of sideline to sideline guy. And he's on Notre Dame, and his name is uh, Jeremiah Ousu koromoa um, So he's a redshirt junior. But he lifted as a linebacker, plays more of an overhang, and for what Joe Woods wants to do with trying to find these nickel linebackers or these guys who can play either in the box, he can drop in coverage. Um, it gives them a lot of scheme versatility. I think that's kind of the guy I'm looking for. Um, if we're going strictly edge rusher um, 
it's it's not a very good class at the top, but there are a couple redshirt sophomores who are going to be athletic freaks. Uh, and so when you hear a young age and you hear a high athletic ceiling, that that screams analytics. Um, ding ding ding. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so there's a couple edge rushers who I'm interested in as well. There's Penn State's Jason Owe, um, who yep. made Bruce Feldman's freak list. Who he's six foot five and 265 pounds. He is said to have ran a four three three forty. Uh, jumped a 37-inch vertical, uh, power cleaned like 375 pounds, and squatted like 550 or something like that. Um, and then there's another uh, redshirt sophomore edge rusher at the University of Georgia who's been a hot name right now. I um, just checked out his tape for the first time, and he's got some juice. Um, he's, he's smaller than, than Owe, um, but Aziz Ojolari as well is a name to watch. So those are kind of the three guys that I've been kind of monitoring. But I also wouldn't count out cornerback. Um, so if we're talking cornerback, I want I want a press man corner, um, a guy who that's that's his primary forte. Um, and so South Carolina's J.C. Horn, the son of Joe Horn, the the famous Saints wide receiver with the cell phone in the in the upright. Um, but yes. J.C. Horn is a guy that I would love in the press. Nice. Yeah, um, and, and with the Wosu, um, and you know, watching that game Saturday night. And you're thinking of what you want this third safety to be, and you want to call it a safety, but look, it's it's some sort of hybrid linebacker, Derek Brooks type of player. Um, yeah, that I mean, for, and especially what you saw Saturday night, um, that young man certainly uh, would fit the bill here. Um, in cornerback, look, it, it could change, you know, with Terrence Mitchell uh, and his contract situation. Obviously, you know, Kevin Johnson was only a one year deal. And, you know, for Greedy Williams and just you, you hate it for him. I mean, we're talking about a 22-year-old now that most people just want to leave, you know, for dead on the side of the road. And we haven't seen him take a snap yet with this regime in this scheme. Just a difficult, difficult situation. Uh, we're going to start to put a wrap on the uh, things here. Um, Corey, and thanks again for cleaning out your bio. But make sure you can tell everybody where you can find the fine work at because you made it harder on your buddy, Jeff. Yeah, so I am uh, at withthefirstpick.com. Uh, that's where I do my draft content. Uh, and then sporadically, I'll do some Browns content. Um, I've been more, more recent with it, uh, with Dog Pound Daily as well. So those are my two, the two places you can find me. Um, again, draft content with the first pick, Browns content, Dog Pound Daily. Uh, and guys, look, um, you know, I, I will say all the time, um, and you know, it, it's always been nice to give the opportunity to some guys here to, to come on. Um, but the reason I do it is because, you know, I, I know what they are doing. It, it's not just, you know, I, I've taken a gamble on somebody. Corey has put in the work. Um, make sure you're reading. Make sure you're checking it out. Um, make sure you're following at Real Corey Kinnon. Uh, trust me, I, I try not to steer you guys away from, you know, <laughs> steer you guys away from strong content. It's never been the way. Corey puts in the work. Trust me. As I always say when we talk about these things, we know who's putting in the work. Trust me. Corey. Uh, definitely uh, fits into that. And I always appreciate when we can get him on here. Always nice to mix in some of the voices here um, on Locked On Browns. So make sure you're checking out Corey's work. Make sure you're following uh, the show itself at Locked On Browns. Follow back account. DMs are open. Uh, questions, ideas, uh, anything. You guys know you can hit me up there. Me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Uh, DMs are open over there as well. Um, again, same thing. Questions, ideas. You know, I know some of you aren't too, um, you know, Twitter you know, out in the open <laughs> and trust me, I get it. I get it. If it wasn't for Lost on Browns, I probably wouldn't be either. Um, but it's kind of the way uh, the two kind of go 
hand in hand iTunes, Spotify. Make sure you're subscribed. Uh, five star ratings, written reviews, all the rage. Kids are doing it all over the place. Always need them, love them, and thank you guys for all of that. This has been your daily delivery of all things dog pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns. <laughs>